going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous podcast this week for the Valero Texas Open. As usual, I am here with my partner in crime, Tyler Tamaline. Tyler, what is up, my friend? What's going on, Kenny? Another good week. Talk about it. We'll get to it in a second. Before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this podcast is brought to you and presented by PrizePix. Head on over to prizepix.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to your first 100 bucks. Lots of stuff going on over there. And last week was fun, but this week, all the plays, picks, everything that you guys want for the Valero Texas Open. We got a fun one coming up, Kenny. We're only a week out from the Masters. We'll talk about that on this show, of course, as well. But just a crazy run out. We'll talk match play, of course, recapping it. And then I want to talk a little bit about what you think it could do to be better. Because here's the thing. Match play was incredible. You, you and I have said this. I'll, I'll get right into it right now. You, you and I have said this. We love it. Everyone else can just suck it. It's one week. Deal with it. It sucks that it's going away. Sounds like already Rory, the captain of the PGA, is already behind this. Like, let's get this thing back. So I think we'll get it back because what Rory go- Rory says usually is what, what goes. So we'll see how that Shakes out for 2025. Sucks not to have it next year, but just talking about it a lot. It was so, so, so good until it wasn't. Like, it's, I don't know what they do to fix this, Kenny. The problem is on Sunday, I know Rory and Chef were in the, the consolation match. And mind you, it was still fine. I'm just saying, I get why, like, it's almost like a ghost town, like go- golf Twitter, slow on a Sunday. Like, no, it's just not really as exciting as any type of other event when we get the finish on Sunday for whatever reason, even though we had two good players. Uh, four great players total playing head to head across the board just didn't seem as exciting on Sunday, but the rest of the way, incredible. Uh, shout out to Skyhook, Skyler Hoke on DFS. We talk about him all the time. He's also doing shows with our guy Tom Jacobs on Mayo Media Network here. Incredible stuff just from the DFS side of things, recapping every single thing throughout the way. We'll do more shout outs as we get into it. But give me your thoughts, Kenny, on that, the match play in general, Sam Burns getting the W. Everything match play that you have in thoughts. Yeah, also with Sky and Tom hitting the 250 to 1 DP World Tour winner. Make mm-hmm. sure you watch that show. Yeah. It's on the Mayo Media Network. Check out the DP World Tour show because these guys are super sharp. I think I, it's their I the second. I hit the Batram one with them. I oh, said the Mayo it? on the Wednesday show. I said, did you get them? Because nice. everyone was on them. That was definitely, yeah. I did, we don't give those picks here, but I said it on the Wednesday show. That yeah. was a great pick. That's all they do is pick winners over there. So yeah, that was their stuff. second triple digit winner this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. sharp dudes. Make sure you watch that show. No, don't miss that one. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, for me, I mean, like, I thought Sunday morning was amazing. Mm-hmm. Sunday morning was fine. And I thought the way, I don't know. I mean, it showed about 80% of the shots, which is the most we'll get. Um, and, and the way that it, like, worked out, like, they were able, because both the matches went the extra time. Right. So, I mean, it was just amazing shit. And like amazing. they were going pretty much from shot to shot, you know, from from this matchup to that matchup to this matchup to that matchup. I don't know if they got lucky and that's the way it was timed or if the producers actually were smart and were, you know, delaying stuff and showing it again. I don't know how the TV stuff worked. Uh, my guess is they just got lucky because usually the, the TV coverage isn't that great. But I thought Sunday morning was I mean, like I was exhausted. After watching that Sunday morning semis matches, I mean, Jesus, like I had a, I had a Cam Young outright. Um, And so, you know, that was huge. And I was like rooting for it. And then, you know, the thing is like during the week, like, and I think Saturday is great too, because there's just tonight, just enough amount of matches to to be able to go back and forth and not have too much downtime. You know, what it comes down to is Sundays and we've seen this on a good amount of finals on Sunday where 
one person's just exhausted and like gets crushed. We've seen it happen a few times uh, in the last in the last few years. Uh, I'd say in the last eight years, probably half of them. It's been a blowout um, in that final match. And I mean, I don't see any way to fix that because these guys are playing their seventh match. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility for one of the guys to just be out of gas. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like that, that's definitely a possibility. I don't think it was necessarily what happened this time. I just think Sam Burns had eight birdies and 10 holes and went fucking ham. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a guy gets eight birdies and 10 holes. Uh, I mean, it's just insane. Uh, you know, I, on that course, it's not crazy insane because also country club is there's a lot of birdie opportunities there. It's a lot of risk reward. Uh, you know, like 13 driving that green, that fake ass Bay Hill, uh, you know, you know, the fake ass Bay Hill with the water and it hit it over the water uh, on that dog leg left. Uh, you know, there's like two or three, maybe even four holes on the front where you could drive almost to the green. Um, stroke pay play. I don't think it would be that exciting. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it would be guys would shoot like, you know, it would be like 30 under probably, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, for a course like that. But in match play, it's, it's exhilarating because it brings in so many factors. We saw, I think Rory and Herbert, I think Herbert was one down and he decided to lay up on, on 13, I think, or on 18. 18. 18's drivable Insanity. as well. Horrible. Uh, there were so many yeah. horrible shots like that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know why he did that. Uh, you know, and he's down by one. Why, why would you lay up on the Rory's going to drive? To Rory. To Rory McIlroy. And, and, of course, he drove, he drove the ball three feet to the hole, which was insane. Funny how, I mean, I, I don't care about the rollback of the golf ball. But like Rory, he's like, you know, he seems for it. And then he goes out there and hits like 27 drives over 350 yards for the week. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, he was just, it was, he was banging golf balls uh, all day. (laughs) I think the fix would be to have some other type of matches going on for cash or something. You know what I'm saying? Get like a couple, get like, I don't know, Tiger and Phil. I, I guess that wouldn't happen now. But like, or maybe like a um, uh, legends match or something, you know, like uh, to play in that Sunday where you can have a few more matches going on, so you could spread the viewing uh, a little bit. I, that's the only thing I could think of. I can't really think of anything else uh, that they can do because the majority of the time, the reason why uh, Sundays are weak is because one guy is just exhausted and, and he gets crushed. You know, six and five. Uh, you know, or something like that, which is exactly what happened to Cam. Um, and so I, 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 I can't really see a fix. I, they, they just have to maybe add some more matches somehow. And what type of matches? Who plays in these matches? I don't know. I don't know. What would your fix be? Yeah, real quick, just to note, the, the Herbert thing, by the way, was the day after the McCarthy situation where he put it to three feet. So that's what made the Herbert thing even worse. You're going up against a guy that you know can put it to three feet here and you're just grabbing the old iron, play it safe on 18. So just a note to back it up. It was literally one of the worst decisions. I think we saw the entire event. There was a lot though, mind you, but yeah, a couple things you said there. One, it reminds me almost of in NFL and a lot of people can relate to NFL, like the weekend before the conference championships. Those are always my favorite games because that's like, everything's on the line to get there. Of course, Super Bowl is incredible. That's but like if Saturday. Super Bowl, if, if Super That's Bowl Saturday. sucks, yeah, well, Saturday, even the morning of when all those matches are going on to find out 
how it's going to yeah. shake out at the end of the day. That's exciting, but it's the last match. If the Super Bowl goes bad, though, you already had a party planned. You're you're at one. You've got friends. You've got drinks. You've got lots of great food and chicken wings and all. So, so who cares if it goes bad on Sunday? It's just like the worst kind of ruins it. And I think that is the only fix. The key to me has always been the same. Same reason I got ridiculed because people know I hate the match. Hashtag the match. Couldn't stand them since day one. I don't like them. It's just not for me. But I love this match play format. I wanted to just see it through. So I think the less, it's the key what you said, the less matches there is to watch at one time, the worse it is. Because even if the coverage is great, there's so much lull time and back and forth. If somehow we could have more matches, maybe you get amateurs or corn fairy tour or something on the go, like mix something with it. That's still kind of cool that there can be a huge benefit or upside Ooh, on the line. Like a corn fairy, like a corn fairy tour, like, Winner That'll, gets into something. It's an exemption. They can do whatever they yeah, like, like it, yeah. I, I don't know what they exactly can do by the rules of the law. And we always talk about this, the back and forth with guys like the cooties and those. Like, why aren't they getting more things? And all, I get it. They all have to earn their own way. But I'm saying you could still have a fun little event that has a lot on the line or a big prize or just something to have more matches on the go that don't have anything to do with that. This is the champions matchup. And then so on and so forth. But but that's it. I mean, other than that, it, to me, it's always the more matches at the same time, the better. The reason Sunday morning, Saturday especially, but Sunday morning is so exciting because it's the, all the drama to find the way to who actually gets there. And then it's when we get there is okay. always a little bit of the disappointment. Go ahead. I got it. I got it. So what the Corn Fairy Tour needs to do before the uh, the match play, maybe like a month or two months before, is have their own uh, uh, match play going. And then have the final four Sunday of the PGA match play event. And the winner of that Corn Ferry Tour final four, you know, gets exemption to the PGA Tour. Man, the one you know, that, that makes gets me exemption, that Yeah, it gets exemption to the PGA Tour. Like, how big would that be? And for us golf nerds, that would be amazing to watch. Yeah. Maybe not so for the casuals. But for our diehard fans, that would be incredible. To watch two guys battle it out in the Corn Ferry Tour, you know, uh, match while the finals are going. So both of them mean a lot of things. Like the championship match, winner of $3.5 million for the PGA Tour, for the Corn Ferry Tour going on at the same time, the winner gets exemption for the rest of the season. Let, let me innovate like it a little because I think we're on to something here. And we'll see what the people think. If you have a comment, mm. throw it in the YouTube comments for us. Mm. We're trying to get those going. I have a contest. Coming up later that Kenny doesn't even know about that involves at least two $100 Millie Maker tickets for next week coming from my pocket. So stick, stick around for that. But just a note, Kenny, I actually think it would be better if they did this Corn Ferry Tour event the weekend before. Okay. And since they don't, I don't think they, they do run it, but just in general, I'm saying like put it the weekend before we just talked about how good the drama is of finding the guys that get to the finals. So on Sunday, the weekend before, you could even run a normal schedule, get down to the finals. So even when you're watching Corn Ferry Tour the weekend before, it's exciting. Who's going to be playing on Sunday next weekend with yeah. the pros at the end? And so you still, that's exciting. It's like watching all the matchups that we watched of like Scheffler Burns and all with the Corn Ferry Tour guys. It's a way to feature them more the next weekend. They have all the highlight clips last weekend. This is what happened. Here's how so-and-so got here to fill the empty space of the two of the two matchups going on and you may get a good finals matchup or a good consolation matchup but you also have this going on as well so you got four matches on the go at the same time i don't think you can give them like a full exemption i don't know the the rules of the law or whatever in the golf world but mm. just to say it in that like what they would actually go for i mean but 
could be a huge prize, huge notoriety, whatever it is. They get to stand up there with the champion of both events. Like that is what I'm talking about. I mean, maybe even together. throw in, maybe even throw in the challenge tour for the ladies. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Throw yeah. in a challenge tour for the ladies, or fuck it, even make it make it the uh, have them the LPGA play one earlier in the year and have their finals. That Sunday. I don't like the early and then show up later. I like the weekend before. Okay, give us the drama because the coverage drama would still be there. And then the next yeah. weekend, they have all the highlights from last week, plus yeah. how they got here, plus they jam them in at the same time. I they actually should do, do that like for that. the. They should do that for the for the LPGA too. Have yeah. it come in uh, the because week that, before. Because then it's not the match; it's meaningful matchups. Like just yeah. last weekend, they played. This is their final happening at the same time as this final. We're plugging it all together again don't know if possible yeah. but i actually think that would be pretty good i, I like that yeah. call i, I, I think that would bit. work i mean hey I, like i said it was like sunday morning was my god Amazing. some of some of the best golf i, I want to talk about it for a second let, let me go talk ahead, about it for a second yeah, yeah that was what i was gonna say so this is the craziest part and then i'm done my, my spiel on, on match play in general great wasn't the best week for me but it's a it's a Perfect week for strategy and game theory. I executed what I wanted to execute. It didn't work out. Some great members and people around the industry we'll talk about when we get to the Listers League winner, all that stuff. But just in general, like, it's crazy, though. Sam Burns misses that putt. He's in his hands and his knees, like, hands in his palm, like, just cannot stand the fact that he knows the best in the world, his good friend, as they like to say, Scotty Scheffler, is not missing this three-and-a-half-footer to just end his life. And he just hates his life. And then Scotty misses it. Turn of oh. events, drops a 25-footer on him the next hole, goes oh, yeah. on to win the whole tournament. What an incredible turn of events. And that's why you just never give up, man. The, the P, the positivity, baby. You just got to stay positive. Anything can happen. Possibilities, potential, positivity. You got to have all the Ps, man. That's what it came down to for Sam Burns. Also got to have a little luck. Got to have the number one player in the world miss that short putt. I don't know what's going on, man, but that was crazy. Scotty did miss some short ones uh, down the stretch as well. I know again, uh, Scotty had but... Scotty had like his C plus game for the yeah. week for the week, the and still made the final and still yeah. made the final four. He had a C plus game. This game was not very good, and he was still winning. Well, I mean, we'll talk about that was... next week. It's going to be yeah. a big factor when we get into the Masters. But yeah. anything else you want to talk about? I mean, for match play? Uh, like I like okay, Burns that ma- that Sheffler Burns match was sick because Burns was up by three in the beginning. Uh, Sheffler comes back. Takes a two-stroke lead with five to play, and you think it's over, right? You think that shit's over, right? And then, of course, what you said happened. Uh, they go to extra holes. Burns wins. Amazing, amazing match. Uh, and then Rory Cam. Rory's down. Cam's down two with four to play. Uh, both of them are one down going into 18. Uh, I think Scheffler was one down going into 18. He had to come back and get that victory uh, on 18 to go to extra. And then... um Young was down uh, one going in 18. He won 18. I mean, it was I, I, I honestly like Ryder Cup-esque. Like, it's the last time I've seen shit like that on a golf course. Uh, it was, and, and, and like, a lot of the times when you see these finals, it's not really the best golf. Like, by the time Sunday comes around, like I said, it's, everyone's tired. Uh, it's not their A game. Uh, for most of these guys, for Burns, for Young, even for Rory, they were a B plus A game the whole Sunday. Uh, you know, Scheffler not as much. You know, but Scheffler's B minus game is probably equivalent to Burns's B plus game. You know, that's why it was so close. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I I was in awe to do this when they canceled it next year. Uh it was 
I was spectacular. I, I had the most fun watching that event that I've had watching any golf event, including uh, the events where I had the winner or something like that, or I had a sweat going. Like, okay, yeah, I had Cam Young. Uh, and, you know, but I mean, even if, if I didn't, um, yeah, like it was still incredible golf, so much fun to watch. They definitely need to bring it back and they definitely need to do something about Sunday. Uh, I agree with you. All right. So let's move on, uh, to the listener league winner for this past week. It's going to be, uh, run the bases MLB. Um, it looks like some type of baseball player sliding in the home plate. That is his avatar. Yeah, Jason Day, who just keeps plugging it along, never really in contention, but just top 10 after top 10 after top 10 after top 10. Before we go on, do we bet? Do we think Jason Day is going to win the Masters? I don't know. Man, I got worried over the weekend. I know he said it wasn't vertigo. It was allergies. But we've been yeah. waiting for this Jason Day train to fall off. It, it wasn't the worst. He ran into, I believe, wasn't it Scotty that he ran into? So I think, you One know, of them, yeah. Either way, the point he was. Played though, well. He played well. He played well. I saw week. that thing pop up, though. I was like, oh, here we go. I forgot that this can happen any given moment with Jason Day. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess everyone got their bets in this weekend for Cam Young with Paul Tesori on the bag and how close yeah. he got. They got all their Masters bets in. I was with our guy Feinberg on Twitter. Just, you know, I, I like when he was talking about the PGA Championship, even the U.S. Open. Like, I, I like those better then the Masters, Augusta National Golf Club, it's not that he can't get around there and do it. The conversation around Scotty with Ted Scott now converts to Cameron Young with Paul Tesori, but I just still think it takes a little bit, maybe a, a maybe a couple more goes around the track. Who knows? Either way, maybe. Cameron Young is incredible. I mean, He's won me a lot of money. I love this guy. There's a couple of reasons I put it down when I saw 45-1 to 1 on Saturday for Cam Young for the Masters. The first is he hits that draw, um, you know, and that's the type of shot shape you really want at Augusta. Like the majority of dog legs are right to left. If you think of like ten, mm-hmm. um, uh, ten is the one, or ten is the one that sticks out of my head, uh, where you know you hit that three wood downhill, you know that nice uh, 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 draw, uh, get it down there. Uh, I mean, he has that shot, and also the dude gained like ten strokes of his approaches uh, for like the first four and eights. And his iron game is probably the weakest part of his game, maybe other than that and putting. Uh, but it's it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. He's still yeah. great. Uh, but like he went like nuclear uh, this past weekend and you saw it like, okay, the guys that he played against Cam Young played amazing. Yeah. Like the first round match, I think he won four and two. If he was playing Maverick McNeely, he would have beat him 10 and eight. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of the guys that Cam played this week played their best match against Cam and still got crushed. Uh, really spectacular stuff by, by him is, you know, his sixth runner up. I went ahead and put that down because if his iron game could be like that, uh, with the way he drives the golf ball and the way he shapes the golf ball, I mean, shit, I think he can do it. I think he can win it. 45. Yeah, I think he can win it any time. I just, yeah. I, I definitely agreed that I like those other majors better yeah. than yeah. that, but I get yeah. why you're talking like the form leading in and what we're doing now. It's, it's that close. The guy's just an incredible golfer, incredible talent. In general, like I say, he's won me a lot of money, so I appreciate him. But they they don't call him Ham Young for no reason. Guy was going ham that that one set there where he went. What was it like twenty nine or thirty under? Or something like, like he, I, like, he was, a, a thirty was, or a twenty nine right. on the front. I forget what it was, but either way, went extremely low. Not thirty under, of course. He was the best golfer. Posted. He was the best golfer for six rounds. Yeah, 
Even on like the, like you said, maybe it was fatigue. Maybe it was like the frustration. Like Burns was literally draining. Or Burns just making he ran into Sam Burns. Possible, yeah. He went in the water and then like the next shot threw it to five feet. Like it phased him, but it didn't. And it's yeah, just like man, I, I, I don't know. The guy, the guy yeah. just has some incredible stuff. A great, great I can talk about that match play all day. It was so yeah. fucking good. Oh That's my god! All yeah. right. Anyways, bases uh, run the bases. MLB. Jason Day uh, finished in fifth. Of course, made it to the what quarterfinals. Um, 18% owned Camion makes it to the finals. 20% owned solid work there, DJ Nation. Sammy Burns, he had the winner. 7% owned. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, um, I think he lost, didn't make it out. Uh, he was 5, 5% owned. Kitayama made it to the Elite Eight, uh, I think. Uh, finished in seventh. Um, and then Mac Hughes also made it to the Elite Eight, one of my favorites last week. 6.5% owned. Uh, he made it to the Elite Eight. What you think in the lineup? Right, solid lineup, extremely unique. The variance in this event is just so high in general because it's like you're compounding everything. Not only do you got to have the right guys, the right setup, the chance to get there. Interestingly enough, I think it was the at least one of the first times that we've seen this from the DFS perspective where uh, I can't remember. It's, it might have happened before, but where the final, you couldn't have the final four because the final four was left you like 5,500 per golfer. Like, so there was no real way to have yeah. the actual all four guys in the finals because of all the top seeds making it all the way through like that. So either way, shout out to run the bases MLB. I will make an interesting note. I'm not sure if it's the same guy, but if you go to the top of the Mayo one and done right now, the race for the Mayo cup, the first place winner leading by almost 1.5 million up to almost 15 million in earnings on the one and done is a player named at run the bases. So it would be interesting if it's you and you're watching this or hearing this, you, you know, shout me out on Twitter. Let me know. That's kind of crazy. Ship this listener league, which is extremely challenging. We still had a thousand in there last week, by the way, we toned it down a little. We're back to 1250 this week. If we top it out this week quickly, we'll get the 1500 for the masters with the similar balance structure. This week's a little off balance, but it's still a thousand for first a hundred to 10th double your money for last week. Around 15% gets paid with the reduced rake, but shout out to run the bases. Shout out Rick run good. Sitting there in seventh place in that uh, in that mail race for the Mayo Cup right now as well. I don't know many of the other names up there, but for now it's a good start for them. And then shout out to run the bases. We will see him in the three man this week. He's in the Tournament of Champions League. I saw him join today. And then last shout outs we've seen Dane Train, Dusty Bottoms, the regulars, and then special shout out to our guy OG member of our guy OG member of Gup's Corner, but LV Big Blue, OG John, the man. He came third. He's been so close. To winning this thing like 10 times now it's incredible how often he's up there so shout out to him in third place with 811.2 so good job to run the bases though if that is you at the top of the one and done pretty impressive stuff yeah i'm in like 1100th place so yeah. so you can give away all your picks so stay tuned later uh, yeah, yeah, kenny yeah. will give I'll you give, yeah, picks I'll give it to him, yeah. all right so let's get to this week uh golfers on the pga tour they move to texas uh the play of valero texas open from tpc san antonio uh the texas open one of the oldest tournaments on tour uh, it's been played at TPC San Antonio since 2010. Um, TPC San Antonio consistently ranks as one of the 10 to 15 hardest courses on tour, uh, but can play a bit easier in pristine weather conditions. Uh, the course was designed by Greg Norman, which is ironic, uh, in 2009. Uh, also, Sergio Garcia was a, like uh, somebody who like helped design it as well ironic once again uh supposedly norman was like going through a divorce i think it might have been with chris everett 
uh, at this point in time. Uh, and, and so while he was building uh, this course, so uh, that might be why the course plays a little bit difficult, the par fives especially. Um, some of the longest, most difficult par fives on tour. Uh, the scoring average for the par fives here since 2010 is 4.9 strokes, uh, you know, which is the highest of any course on tour. Barely under par, uh, the par fives scoring here. Uh, the weather usually plays a factor. High winds are the norm. Um, scoring is varied from like minus 12 to minus 20. So, of course, that's definitely weather related. Uh, looking at it this week, you know, you can look for wave advantages. The biggest wave advantage probably in the history of DFS uh, occurred uh, at this event, I think either 2015 or 2016. Uh, I think uh, one wave was four strokes better uh, than the other one, it, it, four or five strokes better. Uh, so this has definitely happened before on this course. Just looking at the weather right now, it looks like it could be gusty on Thursday and Friday and then pretty calm on the weekend. So well, there could be merit to looking at wave sex. It's Monday afternoon. We don't really know uh, exactly what the weather's going to be. So just make sure you double check um, You double check on that. Uh, one little tidbit. Uh, in interviews, many uh, Australians uh, say they like playing this course and have played this course well. Uh, you know, sort of makes sense. It says it reminds them of courses back in their home country. Uh, this makes sense. You know, Greg Norman, Aussie, designed the course, and windy conditions are usually the norm down under two. So just something to think about, Cam Davis, just something to think about <laughs> when you're, you know, going through your lineups and trying to pick your players uh, this week. TPC San Antonio, 7,435-yard, 7, par 72, four par threes, four par fives. Only one par five is reachable by all. Uh, there are 58 bunkers on the course and water hazards on three holes. Off the tee, golfers will see tree-lined fairways that get more narrow the farther from the tee box the drive goes with large bunkers in play. Now, looking at the past winners, it doesn't necessarily seem to favor bombers, even with the course length. Now, part of this is due to the fact that the longer holes are usually played with the prevailing wind at the golfer's back, and the shorter holes normally have the prevailing winds in the golfer's face. That's a normal wind uh, that they would see uh, on a regular basis. Of course, that could change. Um, also, when you think about it, more recently, we have seen longer hitters do a little bit better here in the last, I don't know, two, three years. I think a lot of that has to be with the change in mentality of a lot of golfers when it comes to what they expect to be done by them off the tee. Uh, you're seeing this in a lot of different courses where you've seen, you know, less than driver most of the time, but a lot of these younger bucks out here bucking the trend, going out, hitting the driver, uh, you know, you could see some of that this week. We shall see. Uh, now, uh, let me try and find where I was. Now, of course, golfers will have to face, you know, native areas as well. Uh, you know, it could play a factor on missed drives. Just ask Kevin Na with his 16 uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, these native areas consist of desert, brush, trees, and rocks. Golfers are going to need to avoid these areas or get lucky when they do hit into them to succeed this week. Uh, these fairways are some of the toughest on tour to hit as only around 56% of tee shots land in the short grass. The rough used to be a bit thicker on the course, but since it's moved through the week before the Masters, we have seen the rough cut much shorter than the past. 
as they try to mimic Augusta for golfers who are playing next week. I think that's another reason why in the last couple of years, we've seen people go more with the driver off the tee at this course because of that short and rough. I think it's only been about three years since this, this event has been moved to the week before the masters. So I think that has something to do with it. Uh, Now on approach shots, golfers are going to see, why do I keep losing my place on approach shots? Golfers are going to see average size greens that are multi-tiered with a lot of undulation like Augusta national. The edges around the greens are closely mowed. So many approach shots that just miss will lead to tricky up and downs from different collection areas or bunkers. Only around 57% of approach shots land on the green. So getting it up and down from off the greens will be important, uh, but not nearly as difficult as Augusta. Uh, The greens are usually firm, stint meter rating around 11 and a half, but it's possible they may speed that up. I think we might have saw it a touch faster than that last year. Don't quote me on that. Uh, Just because, you know, they want everything to try and mimic Augusta as much as possible for being the tournament right before. Uh, The grass and the greens is Bermuda, but it is overseeded with bent poa and rye, something we've seen here a lot recently. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, you said a lot there. I think, you know, you talked good stuff on it. Ball striking approach, hitting the fairways, all that stuff, pretty standard, but... Uh, you know, the form coming in, I, I did see a stat today. PGA splits 101, Ron Kloss, always good follow. Mm-hmm. I was posting just about guys playing this the week before the Masters, and the results were actually pretty good. I, I think, like you said, just in general of them getting ready for it. I, I think in the past, a lot of people think, oh, they come here, they punt it off, move on to the Masters. Like, it's good to find your form the week before. Maybe they don't go all the way and win it, but from a DFS perspective, you can find guys there that you can use. And then the other thing I was trying, like I said lately, Kenny, bring a strategy piece into this. Talked a little bit about, I'll talk two pieces. One right quick is with the masters being next week. I think that is a common theme where like people will look at that. You you don't have to play the guys at the top in these weaker field events. Overall, you could leave a thousand bucks on the table and you could just set it up to not play anyone in the top. You don't have to, if you don't want to, they're just the guys that are going to rate out the best. So I'm not going to go that way completely, but I always do just bring that up. I'm definitely playing some guys up top. I'm just saying, I've seen it weeks where you can just fade that top completely. The other thing you brought up, second piece I'll bring, and you already said it, but I think wave stacks no matter what. I think it's just an option here at this course. Not because that one year, I mean, it's Texas, there's wind, there's always a possibility it can switch up. Sometimes we see it, though, that's where you just naturally end up avoiding some chalk, and you can end up on something that makes a lot of sense. So this is definitely one tournament of the year where I think that that is a great strategy where you could just try it out, especially if it winds out and you see your lineup. If you got you know, five guys from one side, either, you know, leave it because it's only one guy from the other side. So who cares or switch it up. You don't have to force it. If you don't want to, I'm just saying that's something I look at if you have a lot of lineups. So I think that was another good piece that you brought up before we get into it, Kenny, I want to remind everyone. Cause I, I do, I shouldn't say I remind them. I want to tell everyone about a contest that I'm putting on because we're going to build this thing out. It's going to be a big year ahead. So it's a ballot contest, but a couple hundred dollars. It's 200 bucks, two $100 tickets for a shot to play in the Millie Maker for next week with a chance to win a million dollars in like a 30,000 person field. So I think it's worth it. Here's how it's going to work. Five ballots you can get. So we'll set it up. If, if we hit the number I'm trying to hit, we're trying to get to 10,000 followers on Twitter at, at, at FG Degenerates. So we're at like 91 or 9,200. It's a lot to ask, but if we did, I would give away a third ticket. So here's how it works. Comment your fade of the week over 9,000 in the comments here. That'll help move this show up to get it rolling for next week. Go ahead. YouTube or podcast? YouTube. Comment okay. in the YouTube on this this show. 
who your fade above 9K is for this week. One ballot. Second ballot you can get. Follow Kenny and myself at KendoVT, at ToeTag and Tambo. Third, subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. Right here, it's a click of a button. If you're watching this live, you just subscribe. You'll get updates on all the free shows, including the ones we talked about earlier with our guy Sky and Tom, where you can get those triple-digit winners and, and triple-figure guys that you can bet on over on the Euro Tour, on the DP World Tour. So do that. And the last one is you get two ballots for this. Follow at FG Degenerates on Twitter. It's there where we're trying to pick up the follows. And then retweet the main show tweet when it comes out tomorrow. So the retweets will all count into it. We'll do the draw. It'll be random. Two winners of a $100 Millimaker ticket for next week. We do got to get those reviews going, Kenny. So how many ballots if they do a review on this show as well? What, for, for the podcast? For the yeah, iTunes, for the podcast the reviews. Maybe, maybe give three ballots for that because that's always the biggest one anyway. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know anything about this. So free you money. Won it. <laughs> yeah, free money, that, baby. Bro. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah, your insight yeah, on three, yeah. three, three more ballots, so up to eight ballots total that you can get if you do a review on this podcast. I'll recap it at the end of the show, but top into these tiers, Kenny. We talked enough about it. Let's dive in. All right, let's start on the top with, with this tiers in the 10K range. We got Corey Connors all the way to Hatton. Lots of, you know, intrigue when it comes to this 10K range with Hatton with a hand injury. Uh, Decky with the WD, not sure how bad the neck really is or if he just knew that he wasn't going to make it and he took the week off. I don't know. Uh, what are you doing up here with those two guys? And then are you playing Ricky? Are you playing Corey? Well, this is what I was going to say. I really do like Connors. I know you do too. I think everybody else will. Obviously, the history here, winning here off the Monday queue back in the day, what, is, what he's been doing lately. Uh, Hatton, I'm going to wait and see. We, you know, lately we've been getting a little bit more updates and stuff, but I'll, I'll probably play. As long as he's playing, I'll likely play him. You know, I don't care so much about this injury stuff. If that makes him lower owned, even better. If, if he had a hand injury to me, the way I see it anyway, Kenny, is like, why even bother when you're just go, getting ready for next week? Who cares? So exactly. uh, I like him. I like Connors. I do worry about Ricky. I will say this. I'm not sure if he'll be popular just because everyone knows the narrative and it's Ricky and he's looked good lately and he beat Rom and all those factors. But I don't know. Again, comes from the, the quote unquote watching the games crew. Man, if you were watching him on that last matchup he played, he could not get the driver right. It was left, 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 even the iron left on 17 and put it out. And then uh, over adjusts to go right, far right on 18. Like, uh, again, it's he can adjust. He can fix it. Look what Rory's well, done. Other than that, he was playing well. Yeah, like sure. the first couple of rounds. But I'm saying I, if he gets to good. 20% plus here, I, I just yeah, think no yeah. problem. Just moving up oh, yeah. because yeah. it's not like I need him and I could I could poke holes in anything that you say is good about him too. So that's how I oh, feel yeah. Yeah. about that. But Hatton and Connors be the favorite two for me up top. If Ricky's right the highest owned in this group, I'm not playing. Fair. If if he's not the highest thrown in this group, or maybe the second highest, maybe Corey might be the highest. Uh, if he if he's the second highest, I might not even play. I I do like him though. Um, if he's like fifteen percent or under, I think I am going to play him because you've seen him play well. The narrative is there. He you know he tried his damn this this past week. He just couldn't get through. Uh, I think he was in a playoff, right? Uh, no, Billy Horschel. I think Billy Horsell won the group. I, I don't just, remember. I can't remember. It was going out of the wire. I forget exactly what it was. I could play. Yeah, but he did beat Rom. He's been playing well. I mean, I got no problem using Ricky. Uh, if I'm going to play GPPs and he's going to be under 15%, I'm going to play. Yeah, he beat he beat Keith Mitchell one up. It went to the wire. It went down to the wire. But so he was two and zero to start. But the fact that Billy Horschel went two zero and one and Ricky went two one and zero, it's yeah. over anyway. So that, that's yeah. what ended up happening. 
Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So, but I mean, Corey Connors is my first cash game cornerstone. Yeah. Again, win here. Uh, you know, he did play well with the players, but I don't think he's played well with the players very much at all. Uh, so you can sort of eliminate that. Uh, but prior to that, you know, top 25s, top 30s, a couple of top 15s in there. The guy, uh, you know, doesn't miss many cuts. Uh, you know, he should be able to hit a lot of these fairways, probably more than the majority of the golfers out here. Uh, you know, and, and, and you know, we'll see. Uh, but, you know, iron game, of course, always extremely strong. He's actually first in strokes game T to green in this field in the last 50 rounds. Bogey avoidance is there off the tee. He's strong, really good from 175 to 200. You're going to see the majority of approaches go from like 150 to 200. Uh, and then you're going to see a lot of like mini wedges as well for people laying up on the par three, par fives. Uh, so a little bit, a little wide array of proximities there, but you know, really good from 175 to 150. Of course, history is there. Give me, go ahead, give me Connors as my first cash game cornerstone. If we go down to the 9K range, my second cash game cornerstone, someone that I normally don't ever use in cash. Uh, but this year, he's been a bit different. My countrymen, my Korean brethren, Siwoo Kim, uh, he is going to be at $9,700 uh, this week. T to green, incredibly strong. Off the tee, he's really good. Par 4 scoring, which you're going to need. Really strong. Par 5 scoring, strong. Really good from 150 to 175. Really good around the greens. Just makes a lot of sense. And the thing is, he's been a lot more consistent this year. I think he's only missed two cuts. I think he's made 11 of 13 cuts uh, this season. So the consistency is more there. Am I a little bit worried still? Yes. And if you're worried, I don't blame you. You can shift to Chris Kirk <coughs> for cash um, if you'd like. But I, I just got, I got a feeling about Siwoo. Uh, when it comes down to it, we've talked about him. <clears throat> the dude has to make, has to be uh, the high, the second highest ranked Korean to play in the um, Asian games that are coming up. I think it's this year. It's either this year or next year. I don't remember. Uh, but they're coming up, and and the only way he's going to be able to play in them is if he takes over Tom Kim um, as the second best Korean in the world. Um, and the only way, and Tom hasn't been great, but Siwoo really has to get some high finishes here soon. Maybe a win or two to, to jump over Tom. Uh, that narrative is there. He knows it. And the only way he's going to get out of not serving in the military is getting a medal in those games. Uh, so, you know, the motivation is going to be there and he's playing well. Uh, and, he, and, he, and, and his stats line up really, really good for me. So I'm going to go ahead and, and take the risk and go with Siwoo over Chris Kirk for my cash. It could burn me because I do like Chris Kirk a lot. It's possible he could be the highest owned person in GPPs. What do you think about Chris Kirk? You think he's probably one of the highest owned? Um, I don't know. I actually think some people will still be interested in Siwoo, to be honest. I think so. Really? I don't think they're afraid of like look at his history here, 13th, 23rd, 4th, and three of his last, well, the three that he's played at most recently, and then 17, 27, 39th. Like he's coming in fine. The stats check out quite a bit on him. Obviously, everyone's looking. If you go to Fantasy National, for example, and pull the last 50 rounds, he, he actually pops as number one on th- when you put in things like heavy on ball striking, approach, uh, bogey avoidance, the you know par three scoring, good drives, all that. So see who looks fine. Uh, I'm actually okay with it. I think a more interesting way to do it, though, would maybe be start your lineups with Siwoo. C- 
and yeah. leave all those guys above him where most can easily fit a Corey Connor Siwoo, which I'm sure will play some that you're using it in cash. Even that's a pretty common start. Maybe leave those. If you say, okay, the hand injury to Hatton, Decky's withdraw, you know, Fowler, the driver things that I talked about, Connors will be popular. Montgomery, you know, tough, tough click as much as he, you know, he's incredible uh, DK scoring wise and birdies are better and all that stuff. It's just still not seemingly a hundred percent what most would be looking for here and not anything crazy to, to warrant the almost 10 K price tag. So could be a good tournament play, but I think you could start with Siwoo and I like him. So Kirk Siwoo and then one I'll bring up, I want to talk about Davis Riley real quick. I don't think he's going to pop on very much. He might pop a little bit in the stats, but in general, I don't think as many will go to him because you have Connors, Siwoo, the Kirks, maybe people are playing Kucher or Ryan Fox and then JJ Spawn when you get into the $8,900 range, uh, the winner from last season. So just looking at that, Riley, man, very interesting. Beat Tom Kim, tied with Norin, and was, I don't know if it was the ghost of this putt that caused Scheffler to miss later on against Burns, but Riley himself missed a three-foot putt that would have given him a shot to take down Scheffler in that first matchup where he was a huge dog. And, yeah. you know, he showed that dog. He, he came through and still made it to the end against Scheffler. I, I mean, I, I thought he was going to take him down. It was one of my biggest bets on matchups last week. Talked about it on the Mayo Show. It was very close. No way to validate it. The L's and L, but I'm just saying it was actually that close. He missed like a three-footer, I think, on 17. Couldn't get the job done on 18. I think it ended up being a tie. Loses one up. Uh, yeah, it went down to that last putt. Scheffler makes it. It's over. So that just is what it is. But yeah, uh, a good run for him. And I think we've seen something from it. I don't think as many people are going to want to play, want to pay this price for him. Uh, you know, 9,500, I actually think it's pretty interesting here. So I, I like him quite a bit. Uh, anyone else in the 9K range? We move on. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kucher? That was the other guy I was yeah, going to ask uh, you Yeah, about. I mean, I'm in on the Kuch. Um, He's been playing above average golf basically all year. Um, and then, you know, he, he he did his thing at the match play. I got no, I mean, course history here, really strong. I got no problem with Kuchin, uh here uh, in GBBs. No problem at all. Yeah, the other thing I was trying to see, I thought about Riley. Yeah, I just checked it up. So he won at this course, I believe, right? Or is it like the other course yeah, that's I, I, here? I don't remember. I, I know the Pat Oaks, talked I think. about, I think Pat talked about it uh, in his research show. And he said that, he thought it was this course, the Oaks, but I, I don't know if that's true or not. I think we do this every year. I think it ended up being I, it was the other course, but either I, way. I know Pendrith finished second yeah. uh, in that tournament. Um, Pendrith I just forgot was up that there. little tidbit, so it yeah. is interesting H- to see. Hardy, in that same event, Hardy was up there. Pendrith oh, yeah. was up there. You know there I bet Nick Hardy later on. You know yeah. I bet Nick Hardy, so we'll yeah. get to him. But also, I will say this, if Riley gets extreme, again, first look, we always do this to break it down. Like, I like uh, the Siwoo call. I like Kucher. I like Kirk. Even Ryan Fox, I would take a chance in yeah, tournaments. Yeah. I guess I would say this, is if people use that one nugget of information and Riley all of a sudden becomes one of the most popular in this yeah. range, I would not have a problem just moving to these other guys. Like, if it's oh, just yeah. Siwoo, Riley, clear ownership, I would not have a problem moving around and taking some shots on these other guys because it's not really that far apart for me, and that doesn't matter that much to me when I'm looking at stuff. So just to keep that in mind, but it was good to see him play well there last week at the match play. Just, it didn't work out out of the first round, but he really could have done better in that first round and moved on. Yeah. Uh, 8K, one of my sneaky plays. I think he's going to garner very little ownership because how poorly he played last week, but the guy sucks at match play. I think overall, Christian Bazinhut is like, oh, nine and one or some shit. Like at match play, he just sucks at match play. But I think you can make a sneaky play here. 
uh, everything I'm looking at for Bez is, is above average on on the field. Uh, you know, four four. I mean, like, and he's a hell of a putter. Avoids bogeys. Really good on par fours. Uh, well above average from 150 to 200. You know, top 25 in strokes gained around the green. Uh, here, I, I like Bez as like a sneaky, hopefully single digit ownership type of play for GPPs in this 8K range. Now, my third cash game cornerstone is going to be right around him, and that's going to be Thomas Dietrich at $8,400, coming off an eighth-place finish last week at Punta Cana. Uh, And then he also, you know, the guy just makes a shit ton of cuts. He's had a a fair amount of top 25s. Talent-wise, I think he might should be priced higher than where he is. I think you're getting good value. Uh, for Dietrich down here at 84, 8,200 or something like that, whatever he's at. Uh, so I really like Dietrich um, for my third cash game cornerstone. I think I can, and I, I, I you know, the Aussie factor, uh, Cam Davis, it, it seems like he's healthy now. We, we, we finally found out for the first two months of the year, the guy was sick. I don't know what the hell kind of sickness you have for two fucking months, but that's what he said. You know, and so and now he says he's, you know, better and healthier. And you've sort of seen it in his play uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and at this price tag, you know, Cam Davis last year in an event like this would be a 10K golf. Uh, so so give me Cam Davis uh, here because, you know, the guy has loads of talent. He should have won a couple of times probably already on tour. Just missed out. Um, I do like him uh, a lot. Uh, and then, you know, maybe I go back to Spawn. He showed a lot last week, uh, you know, at, at the um, at the match play. If his ownership goes high, then maybe not. But as of now, I mean, defending champion, uh, I hit him last year at this event. Uh, I think it's that was my first triple digit winner ever. So, you know, it could be biased that I, I had to play him again. Who do you like in the AK range? Yeah, the, the Cam Davis call. I, someone said it on, I'll bring it up quick, but maybe sick of the missed cuts was what he was sick of. Someone said that about Willie Z with the old WD after they yeah. say, yeah, sick of missing three foot putts. That's why he withdrew to illness. But I don't yeah. know. I, I'm with you on the Cam Davis factor. I think it's fine. Again, if he picks up steam, there's plenty of other guys here. Like Shank just came second at the Valspar. Yeah. Game Hogarth finished like second at Punta Cana. Almost He's won. talented as shit. Had a yeah. chance, had the putt to tie and go against Matt Wallace, who will bring up later again. But I don't think many people go to him at 8,000. He looks good to me from a tournament yeah. perspective. Your Dietrich call is obvious and a good one. He looks good here. Matt Wallace is the, the guy I was going to bring up for another GPP guy. I like him more than your, your Bez call. But, uh, you know, coming off a win, it's always tough to say how that goes. But still good getting the W there last week. And then what's going to happen with Ben Griffin here? Because it almost feels like everyone loves Ben Griffin. But now we're pushing almost 9K. You've got Spawn, you got Norin, you got Wallace, you got Dietrich, you got Davis, you got all the fan favorites in here. Is he going to come in a little bit lower on than normal and maybe go? I think he's probably going to come with. I, he hasn't been playing. His iron game's been really bad recently. Like yeah. it's probably the last twelve rounds. His iron game's been really bad. I, if, I, if I remember correctly, in the last twelve rounds, I think he's like hundred twenty fifth in this field in strokes yeah. gained approach. So he's he's um, been playing not very good golf. With his irons and still coming 31st, still, 45th, still, 35th, still, 14th, exactly. 21st. So, so, so you could take it another way where if the yeah. irons come back, he should be fucking incredible. Right? His, his floor looks like what we've seen. His ceiling yeah. is still waiting fine. But if we know yeah. he's got some in there. So at 8,700, I wouldn't hate him, especially if like the, the spawns and Dietrichs become more popular above and below. He's a guy that you could slide in there. So I don't hate that either. Other than that, 
not much else in this range, Kenny. What do you got upper 7K? I like Putnam. I like Andrew Putnam a lot uh, this week. I mean, just looking at it, I mean, if you look uh, re- like like shorter, even if you even if you go 50 rounds, uh, you know, he still looks strong, and then my computer's taking forever to load, so give me a minute, because I'm looking at his 12-round splits, and he played pretty damn well uh, last week uh, at the um, at the match play. And then, of course, give me a second. Let me see if I can bring this down. So Putnam, um, in his last, well, okay, maybe I'm looking at somebody different because that was not, maybe I thought Putnam was Aaron Rye. Anyways, I'm still going to play Putnam. Uh, again, he played pretty well last week. Uh, when you look at his 50-round um, 50, 50 splits, uh, he looks fine. He's, uh, you know, really good at avoiding bogeys. Really good from 175 to 200. If the wind picks up, really good around the green, well above average around the green. I like Tyler Pe- Taylor Pendrith. I mean, this price seems cheap. I know he hasn't really played exceptionally well here uh, recently, but like I said, I I think it was the Canyons course where he finished second, so maybe not the biggest correlation. But, uh, you know, the guy's talent is there. T to green, he's top five in this field. Not often you see a guy top five in the field in the last 50 rounds, um, you know, being 7,700 uh, when it comes to T to green. Uh, it seems like it's value. He could pick up steam. Really good off the tee with his length. Really good from 175 to 200. Well above average with his short game. I like Taylor Penrith a lot. I put the bet on him 60 to 1, five places uh, each way. I'm a fan of him i like brandon Wu at 7500 i mean three weeks ago we were paying 9800 dollars for him you know what i'm saying and uh, yeah i think he missed the cut the players but we're only about three or four weeks away from him with like three top 15s and four events or, or something like that i mean it's not like he's been playing like dog shit the whole like every single time he's hit the course since then uh at this price break and a talent that he has i'll definitely play a little bit of brandon Wu at 75 uh, who do you like up top? Yeah, I like uh, I like Aaron Rye up top, 7,900. I think I would just play him over Putnam. I, I mean, Putnam obviously looks well. Look at him, what he did last week. Just And he's got some history here and all that stuff, but just match play versus this. If people are going to chase it based on how good he did for them at 6K, he you know, I loved him last week. He was in my core. I, I thought he was a great play. Didn't fully work. I mean, he worked out, but not fully. Like, I, I would have liked to see a little more out of him, but it was great for 6,000 to even get out of the group. So who cares? Same with Spawn. Above, you could look at it from that perspective, but I think it'll be popular. I always like my guy, Sam Ryder. I like the Pendrith call. I bet him with you at 60, so we'll talk about that later. Uh, Nick Taylor, my Canadian brethren, at 7,600 with Smalley, both those guys. And then I like your Brandon Wu call. And I'll add one more is Robbie Shelton. This is a range I'm going to pepper. Because you'll see later, I don't have very many guys in the 6K range at all here. And that's why I said I think you could actually build some lineups this week that are just 7K and up. Even if you didn't use a guy in that 10K range, I think it would still be a good strategy for this week, just from what I'm seeing, at least early on, Kenny. So that's some of the guys, 7,500 and above. Who are the guys you like down below, 7,400 down to 7K? I mean, Sam Stevens catches my eye. Three top 15s, I think, what, three through a third, 15th, third, yeah, three top 15s in his last six events. That's not bad. Uh, you know, and, and like, it's not like they're all crap events. Yeah, he got third at Corrales. Yeah, he got 15th at Puerto Rico, but he was 13th at the Farmers. You know, long, lengthy course. Uh, uh, you know, difficult with a really a lot better field. Uh, so, I mean, that's someone that, you know, I don't think will garnish garner too much ownership uh that could be a sneaky play uh sam stevens 
Uh, uh, other guys that I like down here, uh, Higo. He's been playing, you know, ball striking has been really good. His putting's just been god awful. Uh, but the ball striking has been coming along here in the last month or two. Uh, at this price, I don't mind uh, taking a little bit of a risk for Higo. Uh, really good from 150 to 175, one of the best in the field. Trey Mullinax almost won this event about three or four years ago. I think he sculled a sand shot mm-hmm. on 18 and, and like flew the green. <laughs> and that's how he lost. But Mullinax has had some top finishes uh, here recently. Uh, top 10, I think, at the Honda or one of those Florida courses that were tough. Um, I can get behind uh, a low old Mullinax. I know everyone really likes EVR. Uh, I know Bamford bet him. I know Coley bet him uh, at 125 to one. When I read those articles, I went straight online and he went down to 70 to one. So, so, you yeah. know, those, those two guys move the needle a lot there. Uh, Steve and Ben uh, deservedly. So, um, but like uh, my favorite play, probably Will Gordon. Um, probably like Will Gordon really good last month stretch. Uh, the the stats aren't going to be there if you look, uh, you know, long term. I think he's like one thirtieth in strokes gain approach or something like that in the last fifty. It doesn't look very good. But when you get it down to the last twelve, very recently he's been playing a lot better. Top twenty uh, in strokes gained approach. He's made his last few cuts. He can get hot, uh, you know, with a bunch of birdies. And I like him. And my final cash game cornerstone is going to be. Ben Martin at $7,100. Once again, if you look at the last 12, he's been one of the best in the field, fourth in my model uh, in the last 12 rounds. And even in the last, um, you know, 50 rounds, he's still top 25 uh, in my model. You know, uh, his iron game, it's been a little iffy, but it hasn't been horrible, horrible. Uh, but recently, it's it's actually moved up a lot better. Tita Green, he's been exceptionally strong. I mean, just the way his form is, and he's played this course before and has made a bunch of cuts. Go ahead and give me Ben Martin as my final cash game cornerstone. So cash game cornerstones for this week are going to be Corey Connors at $10,100, Siwoo Kim at $9,700, Thomas Dietrich at $8,400, and uh, Ben Martin at seventy-one. dollars This leaves you, I think, like fourteen seven. Uh, to fill out the rest of your lineup. Who do you like in this bottom range, Tamlin? Yeah, so just look at, there's over 40 guys in the 7K range. I get, you know, looked at six or seven up above. Down here is though where I'm going to pepper it heavy, Kenny. So just to, I'll give you them and then I'll just sort of give some favorites. Like for example, at 7,400, I like Sam Stevens, but I like Nick Hardy better. So that's one that's going to stand out. You can go to the same thing at 7,300. I like Grillo. I'm going to play him when he's that cheap and take a shot in GPPs, but I like Patrick Rogers. I like Mullinax. Those two guys Stand out a little bit more. Moving down. I like your Will Gordon call. I like Luke List. I like Will Gordon better with you, though. But my favorite is Tyler Duncan early. Like, I've been playing Tyler Duncan. Like probably should have won last week. Yeah, I, I really like his game. So I just think at 7,200, you, you could bet him as well if you wanted. I, I don't think I'll get to it because I have too many other guys out there. But I, I just think he's an interesting play at 7,200. I love your Ben Martin call. Uh, and then I'll say one piece in a second. I always play Joey B. Bramlett. He's my guy. And then Akshay at 7,000, definitely interested in him in tournaments as well. So I really like those plays throughout. And there's probably some others, Ben Martin, who you mentioned, I I might've said, but I wanted to talk about the EVR thing just for two seconds. Then we'll do the 6K range because it'll be pretty quick. I think EVR 
is a much better bet than he is a play. And I, especially if the ownership translates, but I guess what I'm trying to bring up and what's in Coley's article and Bamford and some of these guys had talked about our, our, our friend of the pod, Ryan Baroff. He's got me on some guys we'll talk about here in a minute, but just bringing it up. The point is it was his odds like last week or the week, sorry, the week before last versus his odds this week don't line up for field strength. So very good bet in the sense that you're like, well, if he was just this in that field, 33 to one or whatever it was against these guys. How does he go all the way back to 150? For people here and some got them 125 etc so that's why it's a good bet it's not going to try that's value it doesn't mean it's going to translate to he actually comes out and does it but people want to make sure they don't miss out that if he does how do they get the ceiling out of that is that way so it's again you can find any good bet that he comes through for the bet he's obviously a good dfs play at the price i was just explaining why just because you see people run to bet someone doesn't always mean they're saying they love that they love the value on the line that they're getting so just a two cents piece there on that we can go to the 6K range, though. There's a, a few scrubs down here, but not many for me. Who do you got in the 6K range? I mean, Glover sticks out a lot. I mean, he's stat-wise, he's the best in my model in the 6K range. And his course history here is really, really good. Uh, and he hasn't been horrible recently with his form. Um, I I wouldn't even mind if you want to go into the 6K range in cash. He's probably where I'd go. Okay. Um, if you're going to go down in the 6K range in cash, um, other guys down here, Fratelli. Uh, I think he had a top ten here last year. Um, he, you know, you know he can pop. Uh, birdies are usually there for him. Uh, I think he's top twenty. Yeah, he's fifteenth, and birdies are better gained. Um, in this field, top fifteen in strokes gained tee to green. I mean, like the, the numbers really like Dylan Fratelli uh, this week. So I mean, I'll go to him, Mike Kim. Uh, I mean, I remember when we used to make fun of his ass because he just couldn't make a cut. Uh, and now, you know, he, he's gotten a little bit of confidence. You actually see him trying to get his pit money uh, on TAT if you want to, on, on, uh, on Twitter, if you want to follow him, Michael S. Kim. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's not James Hahn, but he has some, you know, points that are different than what a lot of people think. So it's a pretty good follow um, for him. But, you know, just recently, if you look at it, I mean, he's got, what, two top 15s in his last uh, five events, finished 26th last week at Corrales, uh, finished fifth of Puerto Rico, 11th of the Pebble Beach. Uh, you know, those are all coastal courses shorter. That Those might fit him maybe a little better in this course. But, you know, for a guy who's coming in with a little bit of momentum, a little bit of confidence, 60, what, 400, I'll throw a flyer at him. Yeah, there's not much I like down here. I like the Kim call, though. I think that one's interesting. I played him a little bit last week at Corrales and Showdown, so he's okay there. Kevin Tway, another one of my guys that I continue to play. Peter Malnati, 6,600. He, he's good there, I think. Uh, Chesson Hadley, this is interesting when my stuff sometimes pops with some of the model stuff, and he, he seems fine to me, so at 6,800, I'll play some of them. I like your Fratelli call. It's tough after. Oh, Hubbard. Oh, always Hubbard at 6,900. I'll, I'll take a flyer there, too, but that's... Probably it for me, man. There's not too much else down here. Maybe my guy in GPPs, I'll, I'll make a note on him here because I just saw him. Uh, Vincent Double R Norman. I, I kind of like him too. So I, I might take a shot on him. I think I played him last week in Corrales as well and some showdown stuff. And then the one guy I got to bring up, there's actually two. Let me, let me see where uh, Grant is. Brent Grant. So the, these are the guys, okay, 6,400. So these are the guys that Bearoff talked me into. One is Brent Grant. And then the other is Kevin Chappell. Kevin Chappell, I mean, he had me up this morning 
at 6 a.m. or something to bet this guy at 225 to one and Brent Grant at 250. We're going to bets anyway. So uh, do you have anybody else you want to talk about in the 6K range? Nah, I'm good. I mean, Chapel's won this event before, so yeah, well, that's like what he was saying. Round, he, yeah. he had all the stats listed to me and stuff, as he always does. I'm sure, uh, you know, making his rounds, doing his thing. But that that was one that he had mentioned that I wanted to get in on. So I was up early to get the best line on that. I know that others are betting it now, and it's down some. But 225 on Chapel. So I'll, I'll list my bets. I did bet both those guys. I'll go backwards. Bet, Brent Grant 250, Kevin Chapel 225, Akshay was 125. First thing this morning as well. I'm pretty happy about that. These are all with five or eight places. Uh, Nick Hardy, 100. Ben Martin, 80. Pendrith, 60 to round out the card. So I got room on there because nobody better than 60. I'm sure somebody at the top of the board is going to ruin this thing. But there's an option there. I thought about Siwoo. I thought about Riley. These numbers, man, they are just very tough to bet. But again, it it does seem like a week where they're just going to come in and crash the board and do what they're supposed to do as one of the favorites. So we'll see, but I like my card that I got with those six guys. What do you got? So I got five, all of them are five places each way. I might add one more, um, you know, as the week goes on, but I got Detry at 50 to one. Um, I got uh, Pendrith at 60 to one. Uh, Brandon Wu at 80 to one. Mullinax, 100 to one. Batia 125 to one, all of those with five places. I like those. Um, I like the Wu, I like the Wu one too, quite a bit. Yeah, 80 to one. I mean, like I said, he was like 23 to 25 to one three weeks ago in a similar type field. You know, and, and like I, I I know he wasn't the best, but the guy has skill. He has what three top 15s, three top twenties in his last five or six events. I mean, the talent's there. DFS wise, the price is really good too. Um, all right, so one and done. I you know what? I, I don't know. I haven't made a final decision yet. Um, I could just go off the board with like Lucas Glover, but I might go Fowler. Um, I just got to, yeah, he's got to do it to to get to the Masters. He's playing well. It would be the story. It would be like the lead story on SportsCenter. You don't get many golf outside of Tiger or the majors. You're not going to see golf as the lead story. And if he wins, it'll be the lead story. Uh, I'm rooting for him. Uh, I might go Fowler. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that would be maybe a hedge spot, but I, I'm not interested in that actually. So, um, man, I didn't think about it too hard, but maybe Siwoo. Uh, I do like yeah, Siwoo. Maybe here. him too. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind that. Maybe Corey Connors, you know, the, the stuff that he's got going on. And he just sets up so well for the course. I know it'll be chalk in DFS, but just in general, he's fine. So I think Connors, Siwoo are kind of the guys I'm looking at early. Uh, tune in on Wednesday. I'm going to make note of it here, but when Mayo and I do the in-studio show, we always do. It's a free show on this channel, same as always, but we do break down a full one-and-done segment. Last week, we were between, who was it, Cantlay and maybe it was Rory. Yeah, Cantlay Rory is what it came down to. Damn, I wish we were at Rory because Rory got yeah. $1.4 million, I believe, yeah. for third. So either way, we'll get back at it. I went Cantlay dial it back last in. week, too. It yeah, hurt. I it thought hurt. it was fine. I, I liked him, but yeah. Yeah, it's disappointing in that in that in that round of sixteen. I definitely thought it was going to get farther. All right, you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. Use promo code Kenny save save yourself thirty percent on a membership. Tambo. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at ToeTag and Tambo. Tidbits will be back this week. People were missing them. The one week was the travel extravaganza. We talked about that. It was an absolute mess last week with match play starting on Wednesday. I never have them on the weeks where they're a short week. So back. This week, full-fledged for the Valero. You guys will be able to check those out. And then, of course, I talked about the contest, Kenny. I'm going to post it out 
on Twitter. We got the five ballots. Now we're up to eight ballots because you can do a review, but I'll recap it quickly. Giving away two $100 Millie Maker tickets for next week to random winners. A third if the FG Degenerates Twitter account gets to 10,000. Just a goal we're getting after to try and continue to build this thing up. But you get a ballot. If you comment your fate of the week over 9K in the YouTube comments here, you get a ballot. Additionally, if you follow at KendoVT or at Totag and Tambo, you get a ballot. Subscribing to the Mail Media Network, you get two ballots if you follow at FG Degenerates and don't already, and then retweet the main show. When I tweet it out tomorrow with the little emojis and the main one from that account, amongst others, and then you get three ballots if you leave a review, rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast here for the podcast on this channel. So, Kenny, that's what we've got set up for this week. A lot going on in the world of golf. And then, of course, we'll be back here next week uh, recording at an early time for the Masters. So talk about that before we get out of here. We should be recording on Sunday evening, so the, it should be out about uh, a day earlier. I think the Listener League will probably be out uh, early as well. Uh, make sure you get those ballots in so you can win some motherfucking money, D-Gen Nation. Peace. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up.